adults that want to be Muslim, they become Muslims. But then since you are down here, we we'll say we can have fellowship on campus. Student union will demand fellowship. Your lecturers from Turkey will speak in tongues before, by the time we are done with them. I mean, why are we afraid? He's saying, let's stop prophesying with Satan. Let us prophesy with God. What did he say? Of, this, of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. The gates of, he said, the kingdom of God, he said that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell those who do not understand. What Jesus was saying was that gates, gates don't move. Are you getting my point here? It is not the hell that's advancing. It is the church that is advancing. So hell will try to lock his gates. So it is not as if uh, we stand in any way, we stay whatever, whatever corner where we, we want to hide as Christians. And whoever is coming, the gates of hell shall not prevail. He can, blah, 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 blah. He can, that's, not, that's not that scripture. That's not that scripture. That scripture says that you will get up and go somewhere. When you get there, the gates of hell will not be able to stop the advancement of the gospel. That was what Jesus said. Let's stop prophesying with, this, with the enemy. Before the rubbish up and down, what's up? And they are killing Christians. They are killing Christians. When you announce, the more you announce, the more Christians get killed. Let them see, oh God, I pray you get this point. When you hear stories like this I've told today, go and buy the book, Dreams and Visions. That's the title of the book. Compile the stories into messages and start falling around. Let it float all over the world. Like my friend Pastor Corey will say, say they should hear what God is doing and they should be afraid. Not we hearing what they are doing and becoming afraid. Please, I hope you are getting my point here. Listen, we are, that's the point I'm trying to bring out again. We are God's prophets. Everything God wants to do, I was saying, so he prophesied it ahead. That the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God as the waters cover the seas. Now he needs us to prophesy. That's what we've been trying to explain last time. The first man he put on the earth, Adam, was God's prophet. He was God's prophet. We read from Psalm 105. He said, he moved them about from one place to the other. He suffered no man to do them any wrong, saying, touch not my anointed, and do not do my prophet any harm. And who was he talking about? Abraham. Who was he talking about? Isaac. Who was he talking about? Jacob. These are men that you never thought about in normal moments as if these guys were prophets. He said, but do my prophets no harm. And we said, what is the job of those prophets? Those are people that declare the counsel of God Onto the earth. These are men that God used to speak to. I don't want to preach that message again. I just want to revise it, okay? These are men that God, you see their prayers. Those prayers were not prayers, they were prophecies. He will say, Come, let me tell you what will befall you in the days to come. And this man will stand, and the fathers will start looking at them. Reuben, you are my firstborn, but you are stable as water. You will not excel. And you give him a word. Are you getting my point? And he keep on declaring that the scepter will not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. And he declaring those words. Listen, each of those things were not prayers, they were prophecies. We discussed these things last time. What is God doing? He's raising prophets. I need to emphasize it. Let me get down to today's message. He's raising what? Prophets. He's raising you and me as prophets. That is, whatever he wants to do, our primary job is to learn how to prophesy. What Satan is doing in life is to let us think that our primary job is come to come and succeed. Come to come and make money. Come to be materially wealthy. Come to be able to be, to be influential in life. That's not the job. The primary job of the church of God is to prophesy the counsel of God into the earth. God has a purpose in each moment. Satan, let me talk about Satan for a moment. He has to understand what God is doing. Satan also has something he wants to accomplish. And it is sad in our day today, especially in our environment, people every day are prophesying the will of the enemy. You hear the nonsense people say all over the place, divide the country, divide the country. You ask them, when did God say to you, I want to divide the country? Open your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 11. Let me tell you, child of God, be careful what you repeat. You may, you, in every word you are speaking, you are either speaking for God or you are speaking for the devil. Let me say it again. Be careful what you repeat. You are either speaking for God or you are speaking for the devil. Some people tell you we are speaking the facts. The facts are the problem. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, that, that's the real problem. That's the, the fact that you think you are speaking the facts, that's what the problem is. 
two sides of the facts. Number one, you don't even know whether they are facts. Because where were you when it was happening? Something happened in Abuja, they tell you, you believe it. Something happened, uh, happened in Onitsha, you are in they tell you, you believe it. It happened in Lagos, you tell you, you believe it. So the amount of facts you have depends on who is feeding you information. That was why the Arabs opened Al Jazeera. They found out, alright? Now again, I'm not taking side, just giving you information. They found out, I even heard David Posse say it, alright? I heard David Posse say this. That most Americans only hear the Israeli side of the story of the Arab conflict. So Al Jazeera decided they opened their own channel so as to show you another side of the story. Because facts depend on who's presenting them. Facts are used to manipulate your opinion. That is one side about facts. Second thing, which is more important, you cannot argue this, is that God is not interested in the facts now coming from your mouth. He's interested in what tomorrow will be. And he wants your mouth and my mouth to create tomorrow. So he said, in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith we understand that the worlds around us, the world system, the way things are, are framed, I want to modify it now, regularly by the word of God. So that what we see tomorrow will not be a result of the facts we see today. I don't know whether you hear that. That is, what will tomorrow be is not a result of the facts of today, but the result of the words spoken today. The words are framed by the word of God. And what, who brings forth the word? I used to think it's what God says. No, it is what the prophets say. I don't know whether you're getting my point here. God releases the word, yes, but the words are not effective until the prophet says something. That's why you and I have to be careful. Recently, I, be, I picked up a new set of prayer points. I don't know whether it's right for me to share it, but I, des- I decided personally. There are times I come out of my house and I stay on my balcony and I declare words against anybody who throws strife into the airwaves. Yeah, it's my duty. I just come out and I declare against anybody who throws strife into the airwaves. Why? Because you must understand about God's judgment. Let's, I said we should read somewhere. Isaiah chapter 11. From verse 1. He said, then a shoot, I'm reading you American Standard. Then a shoot will spring from, from the stem of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now notice this. He will delight. Now notice that. He said he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what his eyes see. That's what I'm talking about. The facts of today are not the things determining how he will judge. Now make a decision by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. Please notice this all. And with the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. And righteousness will be the belt about his loins. And faithfulness the belt about his waist. Let me stop reading here. Just the first five verses. Now, why did I read this? This is a type. Um, this was a prophecy concerning, as you can easily guess, our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to understand something. Anything God says about Christ, He's saying by extension about His church. Do you know why? We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He described the church, Paul was writing, as the foundation and the pillar of truth. What am I saying? That's why I tell Christians, please, there are words you should not use. Oh God, please, let me get down to, I keep on, maybe this is the season of my ministry. Okay, let me talk. I need to talk to, to, talk to Nigeria. There are things you should never say. Have you heard things like this before? Let's divide the country. And when you are saying it, you are thinking of cutaway called northern states. Are you getting my point? Yes, cutaway called northern states. Now listen to me. Let the unbeliever say it. None of my business. Let the angry man on the street say it. None of my business. But the church must never say it. 
The church that says it will have troubles. The church that says it will be persecuted in their homes. The church that says it will have poverty. The church that says it will have diseases. The church that says it will have premature death. The church that says it will be confused and they will be confounded. The church that says it will be punished by God. Any church, if people open their mouths and say that thing again, God will punish that congregation. He will scatter them. The pastor will disappear. The building will collapse. They will look for a place they will not find. The people that God loves will plant them elsewhere. Do you know why? They are speaking against God. I'll tell you why. He said something. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. Why should you say that? He said the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Why are you giving any section of it to Islam? I read, I told you last time. I forwarded to some of you. Something came up in my local, in my brethren chat group and we're talking. And my friend Pastor Courage in Sokoto made a statement. I said, my God. He said, I am beginning to sense the move of the spirit towards Meduguri. Did you hear that? I have the chat here. I can pull it out for you. In fact, I will pull it out. All you overfed, overcomfortable, jobless people who don't love God or love people. Repent. Let me show you what men who love God are saying. He said, as, the, as the Lord began to impress, listen to what he said. As the Lord began to impress strongly in my heart that it was time to head towards Meduguri. I began to wonder and ask what I will preach there. And he clearly told me, my love, that conquers hate. And that's how the word, lighting up our world with the love of God, came about. He said, one of my greatest desires now is that I believe it's not beyond God that from here we will put the gospel on air. Talking about over there. He said, remember, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He puts in bracket, Meduguri. He said, it's a timely word. It was referring to something. It's a confirm- Somebody wrote something that forwarded. He was responding to it. He said, it's a confirmation for me. Actually, was responding to this speech by the acting president at PFN conference in, um, in Benin. Yes, he was responding to it. He said, that thing is a confirmation to me. And I'm, I also personally bear witness to how the demon of hate has eaten us up. We Christians. And it's influence in our language, choices, decisions, etc. He said, Lord have mercy. This man is in Sokoto. And he's thinking we need to advance the gospel. He said, the Holy Spirit is moving me now towards Meduguri. One of my doctors is a Christian, but maybe not a vibrant Pentecostal like many of us here. He used to work in Kebi. He's an Igbo man too. From, I think, Anambra State. Or somewhere around here. Maybe in Nugu, Anambra. I'm not sure. When they say divide the country, he laughs. He tell me, say, oh, God, leave these people who are saying it. They've never been anywhere. He said, they've never left the south. What do they know? He said, I used to live in Kebi. He said, sir, you can't divide the country. He said, if you divide the countries, the Christians will be wiped out. He said, what is keeping them alive is that the country is one. So if there's crisis, I'm adding my own words now. Nigeria may can arise. With all the noise we are making, Nigeria may now has, a, you know, they have a brigade now in, in, in Sambisa. They've opened a new brigade in southern Kaduna. Are you seeing my point? Why? It's Nigeria. Most of the things they tell you this is their lies. Okay? I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. People talk a lot of lies. But the point is this. Men who have been there, you know, <laughs> That guy told me, he said, look, he said, when I hear people talk, he said, okay, leave them. They don't know anything. He says, ignorance that is worrying our people. He said, I used to live in Kebi. He said, listen, he said, they haven't seen anything. He said, they just sit down in the south. What have they seen? He said, sir, they can't divide this country. He said, the cost to people who are deep inside there will be too high. For people who feel secure in their homes. Let me tell you, God punishes Christians. Let nobody preach to you that he doesn't. He, he does. When he's angry, you think you are secure, he will send kidnappers and armed robbers and trouble and riots around you. You will run to the north for safety. Don't open your mouth and say things, and say things that provoke his wrath. Don't. As for the Islam you see, God is not afraid of them whatsoever. God is not afraid whatsoever. 
The one you are seeing, he's not afraid. The day he says, thus far and no further, every suicide bomber will suddenly lose heart. He will withdraw that spirit of suicide from them and throw it back into hellfire. They will not want to die. What am I saying? So Christians, be careful how you use your words. You are God's prophets. When you say, divide the country, divide the country, if you say it long enough, if every Christian says, divide it, he cuts it. He will. Then there will be repercussions where you thought you were safe. After all, you were saying divide it because you thought you were safe. If you knew that only in the Lord was righteousness and was strength, you wouldn't say that. If you knew that the Lord is your strong tower, you wouldn't say that. If you were confident that God will protect you from all evil, you wouldn't say that. Many times God has to unset to people who think they are safe. So David said it like this, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. Let's make a long story short. Then God moved me. I realized that safety is not in my prosperity. What am I trying to say? That's what God raised prophets for. Prophets should have been getting up and declaring. And you've heard us pray in Kingdom World Ministries. We're not bragging, but it's a fact. That's how we used to pray. We say, remember our prayers, that we refuse to yield a square inch of this country to any other God. Remember? We declare from here, say, from the north to the south, to the east, from the east to the west, every square inch of this country, we claim for the Lord Jesus, as it is written, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. We declare that all the time. Then we speak the word of God against the destroyer. And then one day I was reading my Bible, and Isaiah, he said, what to you, destroyer? As soon as you finish destroying, then you shall be destroyed. So that is the word of God for the crisis. So you should wake up every morning and declare it, but never, ever open your mouth and say, hey, get in the country. Because when I divide it, does it become easier or more difficult to preach the gospel there? Did you not hear that this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the ends of the earth? Why are you saying divide? What's happening? The prophets are confused. Later on, we'll talk about the madness of the prophet. What we find a lot of this is a lot of our prophets are mad. They are mad. And read your Bible, you know what maddens prophets? What makes them colo? Money. It is money. When Balaam saw money, he went mad. When people see prosperity, they go mad. When they build a cathedral, they start prophesying nonsense. That is when prophets go mental. The duty, that's what I'm talking about, of prophets is to bring out God's judgment, God's plan onto the earth. And he said it here, we read Isaiah chapter 11. He said, he will not judge by what his eyes see. Now make a decision by what his ears hear. He was talking about the physical things around. He said, but how will he judge? He will judge with righteousness. He will decide with fairness. What does it mean to judge with righteousness? It is simple. He will go into the word of God, like we read from Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, if they had been in my council, if they had been in my inner circle, what do they do in my inner circle? They pay attention to my words. What do they do in the inner circle? They see my plan. What do they do in the inner circle? Listen to this. I infuse my spirit into them. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's what I infuse into them in my inner circle. And when a man, when a woman has a kind of spirit... It affects how he sees. It affects how she judges. I hope you're getting my point here. When people are, when they are filled with the spirit of newspapers, you see the way they judge. They've read the back, day, back page of this day, back page of Punch, back page of Guardian, and those are filled them with the spirit. And listen, you don't know what's pushing people. So people are angry at promotion in the office. They worked in civil service for a long time. Then when it was time for promotion, one man that has more leg than them, or that God favored more than them, got the place, and they did not. And of course, you know the Nigerian story, 
is tribalism. Thank you. And now brings to the page of newspaper where he gets a new job. You don't know what is pushing him. He's angry. Your father that said you can't marry a man from this place. You don't know what's pushing him. The, listen, the first girl he wanted to marry before your mother, a man from that place took her. <laughs> and you think he's speaking by revelation? I was 32 years ago. He has not forgotten. Now I want to marry from that place. He's now thinking, I will not go to, hey, Lila, I will let those people come to my house to pay bride price. He's still angry with Uchina. And especially because that time Uchina had the car he did not have. So it was that car he, he believes, it may be wrong, go, that he used to sway the family of, your, of that girl. And then finally, he lost out. So he's angry. He said, the man from that, I will never let any of my children marry from that place. And you think he's speaking by revelation. You don't know a man is angry. Let me just say something about politicians. Hmm? Don't follow them. What did I say? I've finished talking about your father now. I'm talking about politicians. <laughs> Don't follow them. What did I say? You know that time, how many people remember June 12? You know June 12? No, in fact, many things in Nigeria. <laughs> I'll tell you about June 12, then I'll tell you about another one. When people were running up and down and fighting for June 12, especially in the, in the West, now, as a matter of fact, it was the freest and fairest election Nigeria ever saw, and that Nigeria has seen till now. I've not seen anyone like it. Like it. I was seven in the north. I didn't go for duty that day because I said I was working the clinic, so I needed to go to work. So, but the other coppers went to work as electoral officers, and the elections were orderly. Up there, M. K. Abiola won in Taraba State, where I served. He won at the local government. He won all over the country. Then finally, um, Babangira rose up and annulled the election. And riots began all over the country and all of that. But you know one reason why I didn't believe in the riots? I'm not saying, look, people were fighting for democracy. Fine, I'm not saying they were not. But I did not know how to take sides between MQ Abiola and, uh, no, not Tova, and Babangira. These are men that used to, I don't know whether you're getting my point. They are friends. So it's, Okay, for, to fight for democracy. But I had a problem with fighting for MQ Abiola against Babangida. Not because I did not believe in democracy or anything, but I was just a bit one kind, you know, like they say. That these two men, when they settle quarrel tomorrow, you know, go there. So I said, no, leave them. In my mind, please, this route, make speeches, but don't die for it. My reason was just simple. I don't know what these men are saying behind. Then somebody has written another narrative, put in the newspapers, and then me, I will not be fighting over it. I don't know. I don't, that's just me. That's just me. That's just me. Don't follow any of these big men. Eh? No matter what they say in the radio, don't listen to them. When they go back to at night, they are selling the common... I don't know whether you are getting my point. They are negotiating people away. It's okay. <laughs> All right, all right. How much is that going to be? That would be $100 million. Are you serious? For that, we'll sell you all the people in Enugu State. Are you happy? Then the Alaji will say, yes. That same man will come on air. This is marginalization. <laughs> you don't know he has created the $100 million. Oh, God. I wish you knew the kind of human beings you are dealing with. They are like that. Listen, they fly up and down from Sokoto to Weri to, uh, to, to Ota. Conniving. So me, eh? when I see people making noise, I said, this man, please, I'm telling you in Jesus' name, don't follow them. They, amongst themselves, eh, they, are, they are so united. They will now come, come on, come on man will be fighting themselves. Look, better marry that girl. Forget all of these things. The, the men are both. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. Mm, marry who you want to marry. Those men, don't let them lie to you. They sit down there. And share everything. And come on airwaves and be using you to, to, manipul to manipulate election. That's what they do. How do we get these votes? Sell them a lie. They finish selling a lie. Everybody will move out to one party. Destroy one particular vote. The man said, did it work? It worked. Good. Rig the, rig the balance out. <laughs> Let me finish my message. Let me just leave this room.
The Lord is good. What I have told you is the truth. So don't, all these big men, don't, what did I say? Don't follow them. Don't follow them. Don't let them move you up and down. The Lord is good. Now, we're reading something here. So many times people are filled with the spirits of people who are angry. Many times they are filled with the spirit of people who are manipulative. They are filled with the spirits of people who are going after their own interests. They imbibe that spirit. And when the church imbibes it, the church starts prophesying lies. That's what I'm talking about. The church starts prophesying lies. They start prophesying lies. What do I mean by lies? They start saying things that God does not want to do. I said to people, read your Bible. He said, one thing that God hates is a person who separates brethren. That is why I told you, I wake up these days and prophesy against those who throw strife into the air. That is one thing that God hates. The church finishes imbibing a wrong spirit. What happens? They start prophesying division. They start prophesying lies. They start prophesying that progress will not occur. They start prophesying to the head of state that he will not do well. They start prophesying to the head of state that he will die. These are people that have power in their mouths, but who have been corrupted by Satan. That's what I'm going to explain. Why? They've imbibed a wrong spirit. They are now working for Satan instead of working for God. And it's very subtle. I mean, just hear people who are unbelieving. Hear them talk every day. See their chats. See the kind of things they throw out in social media. You will think you are living in hell. In fact, you know, when some of my guys who are abroad, some of my classmates who are living outside the country, when they ask some questions, they will ask you some questions, you give them some answers. Are you getting my point? And then, do you know the truth? They are surprised that, are you saying this is how it is in Nigeria? Say, what did you think before? Say, that's not what we hear over here. Please, you are getting my point here. They feel, look, people feel the airwaves with everything that is negative. And listen to me, those things they feel the airwaves with are creative forces. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. Those things are designed to create the negativity they are prophesying. And you will be doing God a disservice. You'll be working against the program of God for your life to join them. These are people speaking because they are angry. They are speaking because they are uninformed. They are speaking because they have a wrong spirit. They are speaking because they are trying to manipulate the populace. But they throw a wrong spirit into the air. And young prophets, if I may use the expression of the average Christian, imbibe that spirit and start lying. But what did God say? This is what a believer should do. That Isaiah, Jeremiah chapter 23. He said, it should come into the council of God or into the inner circle of God. What is God doing there in the inner circle? He said, he's filling them with the spirit of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. As a result... The people will delight in the fear of the Lord and they will not judge by what their eyes see or what their ears hear. But with righteousness, they will judge. They will decide with fairness. Righteousness simply means they are judging in agreement with what God is saying. But please, I need to go back to that Jeremiah chapter 23 and just bring out something there. You see exactly how is it that people remain in the counsel of God. Maybe next time I'll talk about the pursuit of eternal life. As part of this, our pursuit of God's series. Because that is how people enter into God's counsel. I need to get that Jeremiah 23 back into our faces. What happens in the council? We mentioned it earlier. I just wanted to read it again. He said, in that council, um, verse um, 16 down to 18, yes. Verse 18, but who has stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his word? Who has given it to his word and listened? That's what I'm bringing out. There people see 
the plan of God. They hear the word of God. They give heed. They pay attention. And as a result, God pours his spirit inside them. Let me say this to you. When they have that spirit, they are able to interpret life differently. And then they start uttering words. That's the point I'm making all of these things. And their words start shaping the next set of events on the earth. Listen, we Christians are not allowed, listen to me, to utter popular words. Yes. Our duty is not to utter popular words. We are to utter the word of God. What is the word of God? The plan that he has for a people. And how do we discover that? You can never discover it except you first imbibe his spirit. How do you imbibe the spirit of God? It's simple. Like what you are doing this evening. That's how to get into God's inner circle. You, you sit down with his word and allow his spirit permeate inside you. I said something the other day that Moses, now listen to this carefully. Moses will leave the presence of God and his face will be shining. And Moses will not even know that his face is shining. What does that tell you? As he's staying in God's presence, the divinity, the life of God enters into him, changes his being, he does not even know. Now, uh, this is a practical application that I have personally experienced. Things happen, the way you react, you know, the Bible is out of the heart, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, how do, do things enter the heart? Things enter the heart, listen to this, through what the Greek calls mind. Information enters your heart through what the Greek calls what? Mind. What does mind mean? Mind means that I see something physically. I hear something with my ears. Okay? What does it... I'm trying to look for a quick example so I don't waste time. What does it bring as an impression in my heart? That's what mind means. Are you getting my point? For example... Okay, yeah, I have a perfect example. Two of my colleagues, my classmates, that's university classmates, two of them went to... There's this conference of um, surgeons that's going off right now. Okay, it should end this weekend. Maybe they'll be returning like today, tomorrow. A conference of surgeons. West African College of Surgeons. is going on in Ogadugu. Which country is Ogadugu again? Burkina Faso, right? Yes. So, of course, people, a lot of my classmates are surgeons. They're in that college, all right? A number of them. So, two of them, they met there. So, they took a picture of themselves and sent to the group. So, in that picture, two men... So they were holding their hands like this, not happy to see themselves. Hey, man, see this guy here, see this guy. So somebody, give, you know, you give somebody your phone. So they held their hands and took a picture. So another guy replied from the UK. He said, it's good to have a clean mind, though. He said, two men holding hands does not happen in the UK. He said, does anybody know why? I now replied. I said, yes, I know now. It is called Adam and Steve. <laughs> I said, oh, my God. So was I laughing? He now said, he lives in the UK. <laughs> he said, this is the, adva- the, the advantage. He said, this is the advantage of unpolluted minds. All those of us in Nigeria saw those two guys holding their hands. They were like, they were happy to see each other. Exactly, brethren. We did not think anything of it. But a man who lives, like I told the guy who spoke, I said, like Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. He saw the picture and he said, you guys, why are you holding your hands? And those of us in Nigeria didn't think anything of it. They took another picture, this time around with a with lady, all right, one of our ladies who, who was also there. So the lady was standing between them. So that guy's hand, again, I don't know how it happened. He rested on the, man, the guy's shoulder. Are you getting my point? <laughs> so somebody said, that, Why are you t- touching this guy now? <laughs> I said, <laughs> No, listen to this. I said, See, I said, See, I said, You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. I told them. I said, this is what I think happened. That for us, to put his hand on that lady's shoulder is a problem. So he removed his hand from the lady's shoulder and put on the guy next so that they could stay close to each other. He didn't want to hug another man's wife. Are you getting my point? He didn't want to put his hand across another man's wife. I said, that's how we hear. That's how we are seeing it. I said, but those of you in Sodom and Gomorrah, you will see. I told them like that. I said, those of you in Sodom and Gomorrah, you have seen all kinds of things. Yes. Uh, you know, we laughed about it. And I said, I remember then when they said children were sleeping on Michael Jackson's bed. 
And I was like, uh-huh, maybe they just like him and he didn't mind them moving around. My children come to my room, they sleep on my bed. I didn't think anything of it because I was not alive to what they call not only pedophilia, but homosexual pedophilia. You know, it wasn't alive to us. So we're like, what is wrong with all of you? Now, you know what I've described is what the Bible calls what? Mind. That's why the Bible will say that the love between David and Jonathan was very strong. It was like the love of a man for a woman. And it doesn't cross your mind that they were gay. Don't worry, they were not. David could not have been. <laughs> David? The same David? Davido, lie, lie. Lie, lie. David, David. Hey, God. David. Oh, David. <laughs> Bro, David. Lie, lie. Homosexual, homosexual. Now, the women were running from him. You are talking about uh, David. David, even as an old man, they knew where his strength went. They say, oh, God, they cold too much. All these girls that collected his strength. Get me a representative amongst them. They brought one young to me. I said, lie down there. And I could keep him warm. They knew where his strength went. That's why. David? Hmm. I'm not talking about David, though. That guy is, oh, God. He heard that his enemy died. He said, where is his wife? <laughs> David's first five sons were born by five different women. They didn't count the girls, though. If we count the other girls born around that time, David must have impregnated ten women side by side. That guy was bad. <laughs> in medicine, there's what we call gene amplification. It was not amplified in solo. <laughs> he, said, he said, look, my, 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 my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. <laughs> you know, that was what Rehoboam said. David said, in the women area, I know that thing. So what I'm trying to say is that, so the possibility of him having been gay or homosexual was not there. It was not there. But the Bible says that the love between David and Jonathan was so strong, it was like the love between a man and a woman. They were, so, they were that intertwined in their hearts. But you see, when you first read that, it didn't cross your mind. But people have used that scripture to prove that those days, men were into you know, things like that, and, that, and it was okay with God. Men have tried. Now, I'm trying to explain what they call mind. Now, how you perceive things, how your mind reacts, is controlled by the kind of spirit you have. Are you getting my point? How your mind, how you, how you perceive things, is controlled by the kind of spirit you have. How you interpret things in the environment. Let me give you an example. Jesus says that when you see these things, rejoice. I was talking about calamity. When you see it, what do you do? You rejoice. When you have been with the Lord, when you have been in the inner council, the inner circle, when you see calamity, the spirit of Christ inside you, when it sees calamities, does not automatically say, we are dead though, we are dead though. What is wrong with this country? What kind of president do you have? No, they don't see it like that. Instantly, the spirit says, God is working something that we don't know. You look up, say our salvation, our redemption draws near. Are you getting my point? And then as a result, they begin to prophesy redemption draws near. Redemption draws near. And they are seeing calamity. I don't know whether you caught that. They see calamity, they say what? Redemption draws near. Redemption draws near. Why? They've imbibed the spirit of Christ. They have been in Christ's inner circle. They've been in Christ's inner circle. What am I saying today? The prophets of God, which is what you and I are, our duty, are you getting my point, is to stay with him until we imbibe his spirit so much that our mind, that is, without God, listen to this, without God saying anything to us, like he said this, but having been with him, our minds interpret things differently. You are rejected for a job and you just smiled. Say something else is coming. I don't know whether you get my point. Now, without realizing it, what did you say? You just prophesied. I don't know whether you got that. What did you just do? You prophesied. 
But the person with the unregenerated spirit, who has the spirit of the newspaper? Where is the MD from? It's an Ankanuma. I'm a new demand. That is why. So he started looking for, ah, Egmo, do you know anybody from Ukan? Why? I want to reapply in that company. I found out that the MD. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But the person that has imbibed the spirit of Christ, he just laughs. He just laughs. All things work together for good to them that love God. What has he do, done? What has she done? Just right there. He has released a word into the atmosphere. And that word says, this thing must work for my good. Why? He first soaked of God's spirit. He's been in his inner circle. Remember something I said at the beginning? Let's never forget. Let me just revise that for a minute and I close. I said, many things have been written in heaven. By faith, we download the one that will happen. He said, like Abraham. He was talking about Abraham. He said he was like God who quickened the dead and caused those things that be not as though they were or caused into existence that which doesn't currently exist. So when a prophet of God, now you are seeing what prophets are now. Now don't forget something I said some time ago. Who's your greatest prophet? I didn't hear you well. Now I wanted to touch your greatest prophet. And nobody's coming to the pulpit to touch me. Okay, you see, I am not your greatest prophet. T.B. Joshua is certainly not your prophet at all. Are you getting my point? Muhammad is not your final prophet. Your own greatest prophet is you. Your own greatest prophet is you. What you don't say against yourself will not work against you. What you say against yourself, a prophet cannot prophesy it in your favor. It's so important we get that point. So when we have that spirit of Christ, when we've imbibed it, it affects how we judge situations. And our words are declarations of divine judgment. Are you getting my point here? Our words are declarations of divine judgment. You're going on the road. You are rushing to meet an appointment. Suddenly, bam, somebody hits your car. What kind of, what, you know how an average person reacts? What kind of trouble is this one again? Anytime I want to succeed, this spirit of near near success syndrome it has come again in the name of Jesus Holy Ghost fire it will not work against me in the name of this man are you the enemy they sent in the enemy they sent eh? you will not succeed though you are there talking nonsense but those of us that have drunk the spirit of Christ will come and look at the car what do we do you look at the time wow no matter what happens I'm missing the appointment Lord I thank you because my blessing is labeled if it is mine it will wait. You just say that simply. And say, okay, why do you bash my car? You start negotiating on that one. You finish that one. Say, let's get down there. One hour is gone. You get there. You enter the office. And they say, ah, sorry. The bidding has closed. You were not around. Your company is no longer eligible. And you just smile. They say, look at who won it. Do you know that guy is not as good as you? And you tell the fellow, say, listen, listen, listen. I'm not the only one God wants to bless. He too has to eat. His wife has to eat. His children must go to school. This is not my own. My own is coming. Now, did you hear what he said? My own is what? Coming. Instantly, the angels move out and go and look for where it is. They start gathering it. He said, my own is coming. I want you to know every word you utter is a prophetic word. That's what I'm going to say. And God needs you to utter you know, many Christians just utter desire. Hi-ya! They utter desires. In the name of Jesus, I want a car. This year is my year of car. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> that's all I can say. Listen, what do we utter as believers? First, we stay with him in, like we're doing now. You are imbibing his word. Once the word is coming, the spirit is entering into you. Are you getting my point? Now, the spirit forms your opinion about life. And the opinion is just what God has written. Like, there's nothing I said now that's not in the scriptures. It's a direct quotation, many of them. Some of them are just amplified a bit or modified a bit. But I'm just giving you God's word. And the Bible said, angels hearken to the voice of his word. 
He didn't say angels hacking to God. He said they hacking to what? The voice of his word. Any voice that utters the word of God, they respond to. You are getting my point? Any voice that utters the word of God, they will respond to it. Let me end with one thing. Guard your heart with all diligence. Don't let anybody pollute it for you. Right outside, there are so many angry people. So many. They are not making progress, so they are angry. So they are polluting your mind for you. They start telling you that country... Let me just let me give you an authentic word. Well, I heard it before, but now I have reason to believe it. So this dollar is going up, it's not going down, it's not moving left, it's not moving right. It's ending next year. Last year is the conclusion. Don't lose hope for any reason. Any business you want to do, continue strategizing, continue plotting, continue investing. I hope you heard what I'm saying. Don't let prosperity catch you jobless. It's not good. You hear what I what I what, what I say by that? By the time people want to spend money, they, they, your name is not attached to anything. That's why I tell Christians. Be known. Now nah, I finish my message. I just want to greet you and then I'll come down. Be known for something. What did I say? Be known for something. Yes, when people when when people hear your name, it should connect with one thing. It should connect. It should connect. It should connect. That, that must be your primary target, not money. What does my name connect with? That's why, look, I, you know, I told you many years ago, Cosmo FM, they are doing health program. They will invite me. I've gone there. I told them I went to speak on fever. They speak on maybe febrile conversion. I will come there too. One day they came and said, please, I want to do a program. I said, wait, 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 wait. I preach the word on air. I don't discuss health matter anymore. At any time you hear this voice on air, you must be declaring the counsel of God. So I locked the voice to the preaching of the word. I don't accept to go on radio for any other thing than to preach the word of God. So that any time you hear the voice, you expect the counsel of God to be delivered. Do you get my point? Now, that's just an illustration. In the same manner in life, just make up your mind. That what am I trying to do in life? I'm targeting where God will place me, where my name is associated with something. That's one thing I want you to know. You know what I'm saying? So, because prosperity will come. Somebody say amen. amen. When it's coming, you should know what to find you in. Let me just end it there. I hope you've gotten my point today. Let's just give the Lord thanks once again for today. Just say, Father, we thank you. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you for I have freedom in Christ Jesus. Say, I have freedom in Christ Jesus. Say it in Christ Jesus. I'm totally free. In Christ Jesus, all things are passed away. In Christ Jesus, say, because of Christ, I have hope. Say, my tomorrow is bright. My destiny is bright. I'm walking into a secure destiny. Say, I'm not an average person. God is working specifically in my life. He's ordering my steps. He's leading me into his plan. Declare this by faith. Say, I am not confused. Things may not appear clear, but I am not confused. Say, the Holy Spirit is inside me and is leading me in the path of God. Say, the Holy Spirit is inside me and is leading me in the path of God. Say it, I'm an overcomer. I'm a, I'm a winner. Despite the circumstances, I am an overcomer. Saying all my disappointments, I have my advantage. It's important. It's important you understand that. Say it again. Even though I'm disappointed, an advantage has been created. If one door closes, it just means it's not my door. Another door, the door of God, will open for me. Now listen to this. This week I prophesied to somebody. A door is opening for you. A door better than the one that was closed against you is opening for you this coming week in the name of Jesus Christ. Now watch, watch something. It may not look so good initially. Let me give you an example. There was a job you applied for. They were going to start you on the 100,000 naira, 150,000 naira a month. They wanted four people. 
you did well, but something happened, you were the fifth person, they didn't take you. Then you will get another one, they will probably offer you half of that. If it's in this week, and it's a job in which there's righteousness, listen to this, take it. What did I say? Initially, it will look like a smaller door. But the truth is that the size of of the door does not determine the size of the room. I hope you are getting my point here. It does not determine the size of the room. There are small rooms that the whole front wall, all these shops beside the road, you know the whole front is a door. But how big is the shop? But there are massive halls that just have a four-feet door to enter. Enter your own door. A great thing is waiting for you. You will go in there, you will get experience. You will come out with that experience and you'll be earning ten times what they were paying you before. A great and effectual door is waiting for you. In ministry, a great door is waiting for you. In business, a great door is waiting for you. And listen to me, you know I preached at the beginning. In marriage, a great door is waiting for you. Even though the beginning of your marriage may appear small, Hear the word of the Lord. The latter age shall greatly increase. Amen. Your children will be plenty. Amen. And all of them will be rich. Amen. Just to prove that the Lord is good. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, when we repeat it, you personalize it. One more time. This is my season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Now, just bless somebody beside you, one person. Now bless another person. This is your season of multiplication. All right, share our brethren.